Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrant and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to tonight's Dash Radio show. This is Dawn Wright to Bronson. and I'm here to announce and then say goodbye my fabulous co-hosts, Mr. Peter Mingles and Mr. Bob Adams. Um, and, and Bob is going to be starting his own show next Yay. Thursday night. Yay! Our first Dash Radio show host outside of this show and we're really super excited about it. Thank you so much for being such an important part of our family, Bob. Oh, it's been such a joy. Such a joy. I, I tell you, it's a blast. So, of course, we will all show up for your kickoff next Thursday night, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to be planning and scheming tomorrow, and we're so excited about it. So I just, I'm going to go ahead and let you two do the show. Like, you do such a beautiful job, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go play with puppies. My puppies are, everyone got the announcement last week. They had parasites. But now they're all better, and they're adorable, and I bought them some toys. And while you guys talk taxes, I'm going to go play puppy. So have a wonderful Thursday, and I will speak to all of you on well, on Back Talk tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. All right. Thanks, hey, Don. thank you, thank you. Hey, Bob. Yep. She Didn't she say she wasn't going to be on this call like three minutes before she was on this call? I think the side effect of the lemonade diet is you lose your mind. <laughs> There's a there's a post I'm out of lemonade traumatic disorder called I forgot what I just said three minutes ago. So anyway, oh I was going to make up some story about how she's dealing with her post parasitic puppies because she said she was really wiped out and then she's on this phone and she sounds so cheery. I can I can never forget this, this cat. This, oh, you just never know about the, the hangover effects of the lack of lemonade. It'll do it every she, time. I'm telling you, it's like a post-traumatic lemonade potential disorder, and we are ready to do a cool show. <laughs> she, she keeps us hopping, that is for sure. Well, hey, Bob, I hate to tell you, but it's like March 28th, and, you know, there's a deadline looming, I think. And, um, and not for nothing, but there's probably a couple of people that are just starting to get motivated to maybe do their taxes. Well, believe me, they wouldn't be the only ones in the United States that seem to be holding back. Um, right. I've been talking to all kinds of tax preparers this year, and they're all finding the same things are true. Number one, with the IRS having the huge delay of opening their doors by an extra two weeks and not having all the forms available for filing your tax returns until just last week, <clears throat> there is a huge delay. Just and there last seems week? to be Wow. Yes. And we have a huge delay in and with the state forms that have been available. I got I got more this morning at four o'clock. And it's just uh it's been an amazing season. But uh all the preparers I'm talking to have said they're just filing extensions just like crazy because people have been well, between the, the, the elections and the, the current thought about and concerns of health care and taxes and all kinds of stuff, they're just dragging their feet to get through the door. Right. And so I'm going to file you know, a couple hundred extensions you know, on Monday, preparatory, because my clients are used to me doing that just to make sure that they're covered. But uh, if you have not prepared your return, and if you usually use a tax professional for doing your return, you probably would be wise to make sure you have filed an extension because most preparers are just, quite frankly, overwhelmed this year. It has been a fascinating, difficult tax season. So what that, re- what that really means for a lot of people is, like, usually you have a couple of months to get a whole bunch of stuff done, but now we're just talking about in the final weeks. And I know in regular years, everybody that I know that prepares taxes, they've already been pulling their hair out of their head by the end of the January, and now it must be equally, like, quadruply crazy. Well, one thing the IRS did give us, okay, we can go ahead and accumulate tax returns and stockpile them, which is absolutely against the rules in most cases. But this year, 
because we had such a, a huge lack, you know, of, of time, and because Congress decided that it would be okay to make all these changes at the last moment, um, it certainly left everybody in a, a pickle. And it's, well, oh, keep going. I'm sorry. Oh well, I'm just taking a look at it. sometimes our Congress, bless their hearts, they don't really take into accountability their determinations to bicker and dicker to the last moment. Because it certainly has huge effects on this industry when we have to make massive changes at the last moment. And today I'm going to talk about tax preparers and tax preparation, and and uh, we're going to get into this in, in pretty good details here in a little while. It will be quite fascinating when we get started. But anyway, now, go not, ahead there. Not to say that our government is experts in everything, and not to quiz you, Mr. Bob, but in the technology business, we ran across something somewhat within the last few years where Congress determined something that really affect the computer world, and I don't know how many people really know what it is. And I don't know if you do, and this isn't a quiz. But they, So I should ask, so do you know what I'm referencing? And it's okay to say no, because you might not know. Well, I'm going to honestly say no. I don't know what you're talking about, but go ahead. Well, Congress, a couple of years ago, determined that they were going to change when daylight savings time starts. Oh, that's right. The only problem is they didn't tell the world. And the world didn't agree with Congress. So there is a period of a few weeks where a lot of computer systems are off by an hour by when Congress says daylight savings time starts and when the world of computers actually says daylight savings time starts because the world of computers trumps Congress in the rest of the world's mind. So every once in a while, if you notice that the times are off somewhere, it could be the synchronization of daylight savings time. I'm not no, that. I, okay, I'm I have an, an alarm clock that has daylight saving times built into it, mm-hmm. so I can set the date, walk away, and forget it right. until they made that change two years ago. So what I've done is I've gone in and, and lied to the to the uh, the uh, clock and says, "Okay, you're off by a week." Now, now it goes ahead and picks it up where it's go. supposed to be. There you <laughs> go. Makes it work right. <laughs> So in the world of uh, what are the rules today, uh, sometimes I understand how, sometimes they don't understand the rest of the world has to react to some of the things that they do. So, all right, Bob, so people, oh, 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 the last thing I have to mention since I'm on technology, I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I would imagine, Bob, a whole bunch of people, if they're planning on filing extensions, might try to do electronically and they might try to do it on the last day or worse, close to the last hour. I don't know that much about IRS servers, but I know that somebody might be playing a dangerous game by waiting for the last minute. So, Bob, you're doing it for a lot of your clients sooner than later, I'm guessing. I always do it two weeks prior to the deadline. That way, if for some reason I get a reject, and you can get rejects, let's say, for example, like in a corporation, if you have a S corporation and you filed the extension with the 2553, which the IRS has to receive to identify as an S corp versus a C corp, isn't in place, they reject it electronically. So you have to print it out and mail it in. And it's the same thing with Social Security numbers and last names. If you if you've gotten married and changed the last name but haven't changed the Social Security office, it can be rejected. And so I always send them in two weeks early, double check, make sure I don't have any rejects. And if I do, I can always mail it in, and I got time. Now, the key thing is if you're going to mail in your extension, the deadline is the 15th of April. All right? The 16th is too late. Now, there's another deadline on the 15th of April that we've talked about in the past, and I'm going to touch on it just briefly because I've got two clients that are in this situation. If you have found that there are errors in your 2009 tax return. If you did not file an extension for 2009, the date to amend that return and get a refund ends April 15th. So that April 15th date is something to take a look at for two reasons. One, your current return. And two, if there's any chance that there's something in your 2009 that could be and should be amended to put money in your pocket, it needs to be done by the 15th. Now, if you have a balance due and all you're doing is changing that balance due, 
that 15th doesn't make any difference. It'll still reduce the taxation on it, but it will not give you a refund. So just be aware that is a deadline that if you're going to do something about your 2009, April 15th of, you know, in two weeks from now is going to be the time. Perfect. Okay, now we could talk all kinds of deadlines, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna harp just for another moment on deadlines, so that you can be aware of them. The reason why we have a deadline for filing tax returns is so that we can keep the system working. So we can keep the system working. If for some reason you have a refund coming, and you know you have a refund coming, then file an extension is not required. If you know that you're going to owe money on April 15th, but have not got your tax return prepared adequately to be able to identify what that amount is, then you're going to want to file an extension. And with that extension, you're going to want to pay an estimated payment. Now, the reason you do that is because when you finalize the return and submit it, if you owe more than a thousand dollars, then what you're, you know, then what your estimate payment didn't cover, they penalize you. And they do it with a smile on their face. So be be prepared. So as you're doing your, your extension, if it's pretty much the same as it was last year, and if you paid an owed last year, pay that amount again with the extension. Now, when you file the extension, what it does is it eliminates a failure-to-file penalty. It does not eliminate the penalties and the interest that accumulates from the balance due. So, filing an extension. So let me see if only, I let me see if I get that right. So, say for instance, okay. somebody knows they owe twenty five hundred dollars, roughly, okay. okay, and they send in an extension with the twenty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then they finish the paperwork in July. Okay, do they pay a penalty? If they paid it timely, if they paid okay. it before the fifteenth, no, there's no penalty. Okay, so if so if like there was one year that I had known when my business was growing that I was it was out of control as far as everything was growing, but I knew I owed money, so I sent in more than I thought I owed and mm-hmm. with an extension for that. And because mm-hmm. I did that, I don't think I paid a penalty That's after correct. I filed because I had prepaid. Right. And if you Got overpaid, it. of course you'll get a refund back. A refund. Now, yep. Here's the catcher. Okay. Wonderful. You calculated correctly. You got your refund back. But did you realize they don't give you interest on that overpayment? So you want to send in just as close to the amount that you think it's going to be so that you're not losing out on that cash flow and on the potentiality of being able to have income or or interest coming off that money instead of just dumping it in the IRS coffers where when it gets sent back to you, it hasn't gained you anything. Right, and so many people are afraid of the IRS. They probably don't care as long as no. you know everybody's challenged sometimes by the fear that they might have about that. If that makes sense, it does. Okay. And Peter, it's time to spin a disc. It sure is. Now you got to let me tell you something. Usually, when Dawn bails on us, so does Axel. So that means they give me the opportunity to spin some discs, and I have no clue which one I am supposed to spin at this time, so we're doing this one. You ready? Here we go. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show.
and we are back, and we are talking. This is Peter Ingalls, and we're talking with Bob Adams. And Bob Adams is our resident tax guy who's been helping me out on shows even before he knew he was helping me out on shows, <laughs> and, actually, and is actually going to have his own show over here on Thursday nights starting next week at 8 p.m. So make sure you come and frequent Bob's show as well. And who knows, Bob, maybe I need to be your guest on one of those shows from well, time Well, I expect time. you will be. We right. have too much fun. We do. I like talking about this stuff. And we have a whole bunch of ground to cover on the other stuff related to things why people should be their own entrepreneurs. Because why, Bob? We say you're nuts. Crazy. Nuts. Crazy. Oh, that's right. You're, yeah. so we're nuts. you're right. nuts. If, you're in a, <laughs> if you are a W-2 earner and you're t- taking advantage of being a home-based business person, too, you just don't get it. And I say that with all respect for all the legitimate reasons for people can do things to be able to become entrepreneurs. Okay, so we started to talk about deadlines. We clarified some stuff with returns. Bob, do you need a tax prepared to file a uh, an extension? Um, actually, no, you do not. And you can go online and get that taken care of. There's multiple sources to do that. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, during today's conversations about when and when not to use a tax preparer, and when you are looking for a tax preparer, what is it that you're looking for? Why is it so important to find the right one? Okay, so we're going to jump into that today also. I believe you had another topic you wanted to touch on, didn't you? Yeah, but let's do your stuff first because yours is really okay. interesting and very timely. But the stuff that you know, the stuff that I want to talk to is more li- along the line of how this uh, the stuff revolving around home-based businesses can really make a very big difference and the tax advantages is a very key component part and I'll just share with you you know when I when I take a look at how we educate people um, this level of education of the stuff that you're giving us with taxes and maybe some of the other other points of you we're going to reference to some of the changes that people can make in their everyday lives can really make a lifestyle and a ever-life-changing difference in people's lives. And that's what the Dash Radio Station is all about. you got a date where you're started. You're going to have a date when you end. No one's figured out how to get rid of that just yet. Now you can come back, maybe, based on some religious beliefs. But the reality is, is you got a date you start, you got a date you end, and everything that happens in between is what you make of it most of the time. So go ahead, Bob, talk about stuff like related to tax preparation, because all this stuff is really important, especially timely very right now. Okay. All right. There has been a lot of changes in recent years in regards to people having access to online tax filing. Software companies were actually mandated and thoroughly uh, encouraged, shall I say, by the IRS to make their systems available for use for free for those who make less than $50,000. And it's quite good if your tax returns are simple, if they're simple. And uh, you take something like TurboTax or anything along that line, and they have a series of questions that they can ask you. You know, and did you have wages? Okay, let's put them in right here. And you just go box for box for box for box. And it'll ask you some other types of questions about children or things along that line. But if it's if it's a simple tax return, if it's just a simple, you know, I, I worked at McDonald's, I made $8,000 for the year, then going online and doing your own return can be economical and it can be simple. However, however, studies have been done to say, okay, we have to take a look at how not simplified the tax system in America is. Now, a while ago you heard me <laughs> whining, I'm going to use the word, about what this tax season has looked like. And what most people don't realize is the immensity of the tax changes that go on. So I'm going to, I'm going to share some information. Number one, there have been 46 major tax changes in the last 49 years. 46 in the last 49. It's rare that we get to go into the game and have exactly the same rules that were applied in the previous year. Now, how many people spend time to stay on top of what those changes are? 
I mean, it's so intensely exciting to study taxes. That's number one. Number two. Now, how many did you? How many did you say? Forty-seven. Forty-six. Forty-six of the last forty-nine years, there have oh. been major tax changes. Okay, you're not talking about just forty-six changes over forty-nine years, because that would be less no. than one a year. Forty-six years. Now, what's interesting is since the year two thousand. Okay, so we're into this 11, 12 years at this point in time. There's been 3,500 major tax changes. Aha, uh-huh. that's a different story. Because if I was doing yes. the math before, I said, well, if there's only 46 changes in 49 no. years, that's one a year. But you're saying there's tons of changes tons in that Tons of year. changes that constantly changes. For example, like last week we talked about children and we talked about earned income credit. And we talked about there was a special additional credit that was added to earned income credit that's going to be applicable for the years of 2009, 10, 11, and 12. And that's it. Now, most people don't realize that that's the case, that you can put a third child on for earned income credit. Now, prior years, two was the max. And prior to that, they had to be dependents. But that changed. Now, they don't be required to be dependents. Okay, they only have to meet a certain criteria of having lived with you in your home and relationship and age testing and things like that. It changes all the time, constantly. So when they start doing these studies to say, okay, just how complicated is it for Americans to do their tax returns? If you were to sit down at home and pull out Pub 17, which is the primary publication that the IRS puts out that says, hey, this is how the basic tax system works, okay? Then you get your 1040 instructional template, and then you get the form, and you start filling it out. For the average American who does not have a business, does not have a rental, it takes 22 hours to sit down and figure out how to do a tax return. 22 hours. With no guarantee that those 22 hours are going to result in you do it right. Correct. And you still have that wonderful, erroneous opportunity of making a boo-boo. All right. Now, if you have a Schedule C, oh, go ahead. Well, and usually when they catch the boo-boo, it's a few years down the line, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And if they catch the boo-boo and you made a mistake, you wind up paying a penalty mm-hmm. and interest. And interest. So the little and boo-boo can cost you a lot of money. And if it's a boo-boo in their favor, you know, I mean in your favor, they say nothing. Okay? So... If you have a business, now in a business you're going to have 157 deductions available instead of just three, which we've talked about over the past several months, Okay, clarifying what those are, what the limitations are, and then knowing what interrelates with it, like a 4562 for depreciation or an 8829 for business use of the home. Or how about, now that we have the new health care rules in place, how can I determine how to make my medical expenses 100% deductible versus slapping them on Schedule A and have them subject to the haircut? The average time to prepare a Schedule C in the tax return is 32 hours. So when I share with you the complexities of what tax preparation is and the fact that it changes all of the time, I share this with you so you can become conscious and aware that when you step into playing this game with this partnership called the IRS, which you have to report to every single year, you want to make sure you're doing it right. And if becoming a tax pro is not on the scope of your greatest desires of life, then you're going to need some help. So, if you decide that you're going to have a business, which is what Peter and I have been sitting here being evangelical. What's the word here, Peter? Evangelist, right? Yeah, evangelical. We are evangelists That's right, we are. for okay. home-based businesses. Right, right. That's right. If you're going to get serious about it, you need to understand the tax game is so critically important. And so when it comes time to get help with doing your tax returns, in a few moments, we're going to go over what you want to look for in finding a professional. 
somebody that can take you by the hand and assist you in preparing your returns, who's going to ask the right questions and prepare you for the future. Now, we're getting close to spin the disc time again. We are. We've got about two or three minutes, so. Yep. So what I want to talk about, I'm going to take just a moment and talk about when you take a look at your business or take a look at your tax returns, here's the things I want you to just as a little measuring scale. If you have just one or two W-2s and you're not married, you don't have children, you're not buying a home, you know, any of those types of things, for heaven's sake, save yourself some money and do the return online and get it for free. Now, most of the times these, these companies, when you get online and can do them, they're going to charge you for doing the state return, and it can be 20-some-odd dollars, whatever it looks like. Okay, But for the most part, they have a good enough system to be able to handle your filing a simple return without having to have great brain damage in doing it. So would it but, be appropriate to main, name like some of those companies that do those types of things? Um, like, yeah, without endorsement. There are, there are a lot of them that are out there. If you just oh, okay. go online and cite tax preparation, you're going to have you know 25 different commercials are going to pop up there, okay. <laughs> especially in Google. So they're easy okay. to find. So anybody that they're wants to find them, easy to, to find. find. Easy to find. Look and for the a brand name. For you would years. say look for a brand recognized name. Yep. yep. And the government worked for years in in negotiating this type of an arrangement. They were really resistant to it at first because there was so much cost that's gone into setting up and preparing tax software. But they eventually have changed things around. The same thing with we used to have refund anticipation loans, which are not available anymore, which was a great market driver for a long, long, long time, and now that's been eliminated. And what so, what was it called? What was it called? Refund and refund anticipation loans. People could go in, file their tax returns. They would get an acceptance from the IRS. They also do what's called a, a, a deposit indicator and check to make sure that that refund was not going to be offset by financial management services for you know, child care or educational expenses, faulted loans. And um, the bank would loan them money. So if you had a $2,000 refund coming, instead of having to wait the standard 10 days, 10 to 14 days to get it, they would loan you the money. You could have the money instantly. It would go into your, into your bank account. They can give you a debit card. They can print a check the next day and have you come by and pick it up. You know That was a real push. For electronic filing, when when the IRS finally got out there, they needed something that was going to motivate it and get it going. And uh, that was the the tool, the product that brought electronic filing to the surface and made it what it is today. And then the person or the company, rather, that would advance you the money would make a fee. They would make a fee. The software company would make a fee. The preparer would make a fee. And sometimes when they when they go to figure out the interest rates that was on it, because it would be a set fee for a certain amount, I mean the 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 interest rate was phenomenally ugly. Mm-hmm. All right, and eventually that has been you know, Congress found that giving the information of debt indicators was in violation of certain rules and regulations, so they stopped. And so the banks went to doing credit reports, and that got to be too bulky. They stopped, and now it's just not available anymore. For the most part, for the most part. Okay, it's time to spin a disc, my friend. Oh, yo, shoot! You, yeah, I was so engrossed in that conversation. Here we go. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, 
Network Leads has what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. Okay, we are back. We are talking. This is Peter Mingles. We're talking to Bob Adams, our favorite tax guy slash entrepreneur slash newly anointed evangelist for home-based business. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're going to start talking about tax preparers and all the really cool things that I am learning all the time by listening to our special specialist, and that's Bob Adams. So, Bob, we were talking about, on the last segment, we were talking about the opportunity to be able to get some free tax preparation, and you can probably search on your. I don't. I, I hate to brand Google, but you can do whatever your favorite search might be and find maybe a reputable company, and they do it for free. And then I learned something new that a long time ago, when they used to do the advanced loans that mm-hmm. were probably somewhat predatory rates as far as the rates that people were charged. But no, not 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 really. They were horrifically. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. They were horrific rates. But people probably didn't know or care because having the money now was probably more important than, than maybe getting a refund in the foreseeable future, even though it was short term. But the reality is, is that now we're talking about maybe how to pick who might do your tax prep. Now, i got to share with you this. And I don't need anybody trying to trace my genealogy back to who might have actually done my first tax preparation thing. But it was a friend of mine, mom, from school. And, Bob, this is my first job after college. I worked with a company called Electrolux. I had made some significant earnings um, in my first year. I still had friends in school. I don't remember why or how it happened, but I asked. They said, I, I don't remember how it happened. I I'm blanking out. It must be that lemonade diet I was on, like Dawn was on way back when. But I don't remember how it happened, but it was the mom of my uh, uh, dorm, one of my dorm mate friends, and they whacked me. I'm telling you. It was like 700 bucks to do a simplified return, and I didn't take any deductions because I didn't know that in direct sales I could reduce my mileage and do the meals and some of the sample bottles and everything else like that. I just told them how much I earned and how old I was, I think, and that I wasn't married, and they charged me like six or 700 bucks for that return. And I had, oh, man, I was just like, wow, that was a lot of money relative to the amount of money that I earned, and I was kind of reluctant as I sent that check, and I felt kind of remorseful that that had happened, that number one, later on, I found they didn't take any deductions that I was eligible for, and I got whacked that much for tax prep. So I am all ears in reference to you talking about how to pick a tax preparer. Well, tax preparers come in all sizes and shapes and experiences, and one of the things that I have learned in doing taxes for 30-some-odd years is when when you have something that is, and I'm going to use the word confidential, and as relevantly important in life as your business, you really want to share this with somebody who knows what they're doing, not just in the tax preparation side of it, but another side of it as well, which is tax strategies. Tax strategies. Now, I'm going to go over a couple of things that the IRS puts out when they say, you know, take a look at getting a tax prepare. Here's some things that you want to be aware of. Now, one thing I love about the IRS, they have a tendency to put the do nots into play way before they put the do's. Okay, so one of the first things they say is you don't want to go to a tax preparer who tells you that they can get you more money than anybody else can. Uh, And I've seen it a million times. I've even turned in preparers who were doing that because I knew they were lying about kids or lying about other types of things because I saw the returns. And so you want to be wary of anybody who comes out there and they've got this huge ego inflated with, I can get you more, I can get you more, it's particularly if they're brand new in the game because they just simply don't know how it works yet. Number right. two, the, the rules are the rules. I mean, you can't change the rules. The rules are the rules. Now, people say, well, what are the chances of being audited? Well, it's true. It's about 1.6% that's going to get audited. But with the significant improvement in, in software that the IRS has, 
they have this ability to go through and say, okay, the percentages of people who have this type of a return and have this type of a percentage, let's say, of cost of goods versus their gross income, and it's way off, something is wrong. And if you add into that, like we talked last week, earned income credit, because it's greatly influenced by my Schedule C's, there's another really good chance of being audited just for that. So when a tax preparer tells you that they can guarantee they're going to get you more money than anybody else can, you want to take a double look. Okay. Secondly, tax preparers cannot be charging you a fee that's associated to the percentage of a refund. For example, if a preparer says, yeah, I'll do your return for 15% of whatever the refund is going to be, just how much integrity do you think is going to go into that tax return? I mean, if they're going to get a piece of the pie, they're going to do all they can to make that pie as big as possible. So if a preparer says, yeah, I'll do it for a percentage, then you need to take a serious look at doing something different with that. That's not somebody you want to play with. Okay? You want to make sure that your tax preparer has something that's called a P-10. That's P-T-I-N. That's Preparer Tax Identification Number. Now, the IRS has been pushing this for years to have preparers register with the IRS. And for those of us who have been in the industry for a long time, we got our Petons years ago. And the IRS has been instigating and started a training testing program for tax preparers that uh, was started last year and recently was challenged and is now being set aside while it gets through the court system to where tax preparers have to be licensed to be doing tax returns. Now, for those of us who have been in the business for a while, we jumped on there, took the test, got it done and over with, Okay, and it is um, an important part to make sure that these people you're working with, the preparer, does know what they're doing. Okay, You always want to use a reputable tax professional who provides his P-10. Okay, It's going to be printed on the tax return, as well as gives you a copy of your tax return, and as well as make sure it is signed. Tax preparers who do not sign tax returns are actually subject to a huge penalty. And even more so, if we don't give a copy of the return back to you, if the guy says, oh, you're going to get a refund, don't worry about it, it's going to show up in your bank account. And you don't have a copy of the return, you just gave up all the legitimacy of your tax preparation. Because you have to remember that ultimately, the person who's responsible for your tax return is not the preparer. It is you. When you sign that return, or you sign the electronic filing 8879 form, you are essentially saying, to the best of my knowledge, everything that's on here is true. It is true. And it's and your line. I guess some tax preparers offer you some level of protection if there is a mistake, meaning if X company did your return and the mistake was on their part, sometimes I'm imagining they give you some kind of guarantee that, oh, shoot, it was our mistake. We're going to handle whatever it might have been. Yep, yep. Okay. And a reputable, that's the next thing we're going to talk about, too, is is finding a, a reputable firm that's going to do what you want to have done. Got it. Okay. You don't want something that's going to pop up on the corner, say, here I am, or in a mall, and says, here I am, do the return, and then suddenly you're gone. And there's no extended phone number. There's no coverage available in the off-season. Um, you know, the phone's been turned off because it's not being used, and there you are, stuck. So you want to find somebody that has got some experience, that's been around for a while, and is going to continue to be around for a while. Not a fly-by-night that's particularly giving you a great rate to do the tax returns. Now, the other thing I found, too, amongst tax preparers, one of the biggest things is that people have a tendency to look at tax preparers and say, ah, this one's from China, and it's much cheaper than the U.S. made one. I don't mean that as a dig to China. But I do mean that when you start comparing pricing, don't get fooled into thinking that just because a preparer can say, oh, I can do that Schedule C for $75, 
is going to do you a fair, a good tax preparation in that return versus one that's going to charge you 250 for doing a Schedule C. Now, we're going to talk about in a moment why that's important because when you take a look at a tax preparer, what are you really buying? What's your money bringing to you? Oh, true, it's saving you 32 hours of tax prep time to sit at home and have brain damage on. But are they also sitting down and taking time to look at your previous year's tax returns to see what you've been doing? That's probably the most fascinating part for my job is when I look at the previous year's returns, not only am I looking for what did you not take and what can I find, but what have you been doing? That way I can make sure that I'm asking all the right questions. So any tax preparer who's worth his salt is going to ask for prior year's tax returns. They want to see. And I'm guessing that's because the way you take some deductions needs to be somewhat consistent, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Like cars or depreciation and sometimes other deductions like that would have to be Mm -hmm. consistent because uh, I know running a business, they always ask me a couple of different questions all the time, like, did you change your accounting methods? Mm-hmm. And um, and the answer would be no. And how would a tax preparer know that unless he saw your previous return? And if you changed maybe some of the ways you dedu- deducted certain things, that might itself create a challenge for you, I'm guessing. It's correct, because there's three different ways of doing it. There's an accrual, there's, there's cash, and there's a modified, Okay. And changing tax, changing the way you do your accounting, oftentimes require you to submit a request to make it happen. And so when you get with a tax preparer, you want to make sure he understands the difference between accrual and cash basis. Now, a lot of people will print out their 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 um, uh, financial statements and hand it to me. And I'll see in the upper left-hand corner, accrual. And I'll say, are you an accrual basis? Uh-huh. What's that? So you take a look at the tax return, and it's going to say, if it's accrual, it'll be marked as accrual versus cash. Now, this may sound like it's just overwhelming and understand the difference between the two, and quite frankly, it isn't that important. The biggest difference is that on an accrual basis, you accumulate counts receivable, and that's added as income, whereas on a cash basis, it's not. That's the easiest way I can explain it to you, and just let it go. The majority of the businesses run on a cash basis. I highly encourage a cash basis. Um, but there are times in some circumstances where accrual does work better. Now, what does a good tax preparer look like? Well, we're going to step into that in just another moment or two because we've got to spin some disc here in just oh a goodness. second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get so most in your call. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've often talked about being involved in self-awareness trainings, and one of my favorite jobs in self-awareness trainings is when I'm in the room is, is the timing because timing for me is, is incredibly important. That's why extensions and deadlines and all that kind of stuff has big wows in my life. But I watch the clock to make sure that if I made a commitment to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's the difference mm-hmm. between me and you. <laughs> in, this, in this example, <laughs> and most you're going to find – I focus completely on what you do, and Alex usually does, or Axel usually does this for us, so I'm going to be quiet. I found where we're going. Here we are. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. All right, we did a short one on this one. Because we sure we're did. here with Bob Adams and Peter Mingles, and I don't want to take up I, – I want to make sure we can add enough time to this segment because this is really important. You know, it's down to closing time, and it might be a little bit too late for some people to find a tax preparer right now because, Bob, I guess most of them are kind of busy. Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but I guess if you filed your extension, then you can find a tax preparer afterwards. If you're, Or if you're in the middle of maybe getting one right now, you might be able to make some right or wrong decisions. So go ahead, Bob. Let's talk more about tax preparation people. Well, one of the things about getting an extension, if you go in and have a conversation, you're doing a consult, okay, 
and you're shopping for a tax preparer, and you want to be shopping for a tax preparer, just like shopping for a good attorney or a good financial person, I always tell my clients, if you're going to do financial planning, talk to six financial planners. Tell them what you're doing, what you want, and see what they say. See who seems to have the most interest and the best ideas, and who can you communicate with. It doesn't matter if they're a freaking Einstein, but you can't understand a word they're saying. Because it's easy to peel out a whole bunch of terminology and make yourself look important, but what difference does that make if you cannot communicate with that individual? So when you get to looking for a tax preparer, you want to make sure that you ask them questions, and more importantly, you want to make sure they ask you questions. A preparer who sits there and says, give me all your paperwork, thank you very much, I'll have it ready by blah, 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 and that's it, is not the one you want. Remember, this is your dream. This is your creation. This is your way of providing income for you and your family. Remember, you have been given by our government a host of, of deductions that are made to ensure your success. And a tax preparer who does not ask questions does not have your foremost success in their mind. It just simply isn't there. They're looking for, I'm going to do this return, I'm going to make this number of dollars on it, and see you. So you want to make sure you ask questions, and you want to make sure that they ask questions. That's number one. Number two, I talked about it earlier. If they don't ask for last year's or the last three years' tax returns, they're not the person you want to work with. Now, if you just had W-2s and no business or whatever, you know, having to go back into a three-year review is not necessarily true. But if you give them last year's tax return, at least they'll have the data for the correct names and Social Security numbers for the dependents. And they'll end up asking you for their birth dates or other pieces of information about how long they lived with you or things like that to verify stuff. But it's important that you, you know, they ask for the previous year's tax returns because that is going to um, make sure that there's a continuance and not a hiccup. It's the hiccups that bring the IRS into the picture. Don't need hiccups. Don't need hiccups. Now, next thing. A good tax preparer is a good tax teacher. A good tax preparer is a good tax teacher. Now, a tax preparer can have a, a, a huge voluminous amount of information about deductibility or strategies or things like that. But if they don't show you, if they don't teach you what it is that they have to have to make the game work, then they've hamstrung themselves and you hamstrung yourself. A good preparer will teach you what it is that they're looking for and why. A good preparer will also take the time to explain tax strategies. Now, a lot of people will say, what the heck are tax strategies? Well, a tax strategy is no different than any other battle plan that's ever drawn up for a war. And war and battles are always fluid. And by fluid, I mean they're constantly changing. So when a tax preparer looks at your return and says, oh, you have three children, their ages are 7 to 14, and you have this business, why aren't your children involved in your business? Why aren't you paying them to be involved in your business? And a teacher will say, okay, and this is what you need in order to record the information to satisfy the IRS. And these are the items that they can do in order to be successful with this and qualify and quantify the deductions that you're going to take. A good tax preparer is a strategist. And a strategist will also tell you there's a time to choose easy, which is most of the time, and there's a time to say we're ready for the next step. So a good tax preparer will say when you get to this amount of money, we're going to change the strategy. And the strategy may include using a business entity. It may include 
ordering new equipment. It may include uh, a whole new change on how you're doing your medical expenses. It may include a whole variety of shifting as far as how do we plan for the future to move this business, which is now successful, from the parents to the kids without having to have probate taxes involved. A good tax strategist is worth their weight in gold because they will stay with you and on top of, and they are apprised of, all these 3,500 changes that have happened since 2000 and all those big changes that have happened in the last 49 years so that they can competently provide you the guidance that you deserve to have in playing this game called self-employment. So, tax preparers, go ahead. As a a general rule, Bob, um, I have found by talking to a whole bunch of other people relative to this subject as well that there are certain accountants that understand home-based business and there's a lot of accountants that that don't understand home-based businesses. Like there might be, you know, in the nutrition business, we always say some doctors understand nutrition and some doctors understand, you know, what doctors do, you know, write prescriptions um, only, perhaps. And it seems like there's an, a similar divide with tax preparers. Some, like, really know home-based business tax strategies, and some almost look at it, you know, oh, that's going to red flag your account. So what would be the probing question that you might ask relative okay, to, wonderful. Like, without, without intimidating or making them mad? Because sometimes, okay. like doctors, they get mad if you ask, you know, do you know about well, health and nutrition? there's always a, an ego that's attached to when we think we're perfect. Right. So, let's let's talk about that for a moment. First of all, what I have found in businesses is that, for example, if you are involved in an MLM, ask questions to the people who are participating. Who are they using? What is their preparer showing them? Are they teaching them anything? What have they provided to them to assist them with their business being successful? That's number one. Number two, when you go online or go into the yellow pages, which is almost antiquated at this point in time, and start looking for tax preparers, you're going to find that some will put an extra uh, little blurps on there about their area of specialty. Now, for example, mine is businesses. That's what I like to do, businesses and farms. That's my favorite thing. I work with CPAs, accountants, and other areas. that That is not their thing. And so oftentimes we will share a, a client because he'll have one that comes in and says, I got this area, it's not his expertise, he'll call me here to help this client. I'll have a client that comes in, we've got to do a fiduciary return, and it's quite expanded. I'll transfer that to somebody else who's, whose area of domain is that specialty. But when you go to talk to accountants or, or tax preparers, don't be afraid to ask them what percentage of your tax returns that you prepare each year have a business similar to mine. And if they say, oh, 5%, 10%, then you say, thank you very much. And you can ask a few more inquiries like, what do you know about business use of the home? What do you know about hiring the children? What do you know about 100% medical write-offs? And if they seem to hum and haw, then you have a situation where their specialty is something else. Not to degrade them, but that's not their area of specialty. So number one, talk to the people that are in the business like you, okay? And then make inquiries to tax professionals who have marketed themselves to say, my area of specialty is this. Now, does that mean you have to have an attorney or a CPA to handle your tax preparation? Not necessarily, because I have CPAs and attorneys who send me stuff to take care of for them because it's not their area of specialty, So you want to find somebody whose area of specialty is business-related. And I would definitely say home-based or small business-related because there are accountants out there whose goal in life is to be working for a multi-billion dollar company who only wants to count beans. There's no strategies involved in that. Strategies is what the name of the game is in having a home-based business. 
Uh, Bob, we only have a few minutes left. You gave us some great ideas as far as tax prep people, and I know you're going to cover this next week on your own show, but I want you to finish that little part, but I really want to make sure that we tell people how to do or buy your program because regardless of what tax prep guy you pick, he's going to ask you for numbers. So he's going to come and ask you, so how much did you make and how much did you spend and what were your deductions here and all that sort of stuff. And you just can't bring shoeboxes and receipts. You have to bring numbers. I mean, I guess you could bring shoeboxes and receipts and then you get the crazy look. But how do people find your product that they could buy for the ridiculously low price and then be able to organize their activities and then bring them finished numbers or final numbers to their tax preparer? You know, this is the fault that you and I have, Peter, and you know that. You know that yep. we're supposed to talk about this four or five times in our presentation, but we Throughout have too show. dang much fun. That's right. So we don't. <laughs> so we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and, and and share. This is a product that I have designed after almost 30 years of tax preparation and having worked with countless countless accounting software packages, and I've even helped write some very detailed accounting packages, but I have found that for the most part, I can't get them to be simple enough, or I couldn't, so that people could understand how to use them. And I've also found that education is critical. People need to know what's deductible, what's not deductible, and where do you put it. So I took the time last year and wrote a simple template called What Counts. Just what counts? That's the question we always run into doing returns. What counts? And in this simple template, which runs really well in Excel or another Office product that we have on our linked Office, uh, our website there, it's called Kingsoft, which you can download for free. Okay, In that program, you're going to find a place for education. It's going to show you 100 deductions for your home-based business what they are, how to explain it, and where to put them in the accounting system. It's going to give you an accounting system for putting in your income and your expenses based on a column sheet, okay? So you'll have at the header, here's a, a deduction for advertising. You go down, and then when you put the cursor over advertising, it says, this is what advertising is and what goes in here. And you put in what it is. And it'll run you a current monthly current amount total, a year-to-date total for that particular column. It'll give you a current month-to-date profit and loss. It'll give you a year-to-date profit and loss. But it also links to mileage. So if you go somewhere and you buy something that has to do with the business, you put in the information what you purchased, click the mileage, go put the mileage in, click and go back. It's just simple. It's extremely simple. I also built into it business use of the home, so we can track the deductible expenses that we're going to be able to write off on your taxes because you kept your home-based business in an office, a bedroom, a garage, basement, wherever it's at. And we'll be able to take those percentages and get a bigger write-off for you. Hiring the children. we got it all set up so you can record up to three kids of what they did and when, you know, and what, and when you paid them, um, everything. It's all right there. So at the end of the year, it's easy for the preparer to be able to create the required forms for W-2s and take care of it. 100% medical expenses. We've got record keeping for that, including mileage in there. Um, I mean, there's just so many things that, that have been installed into this t simple template. And the people who have used it thus far, remember, I only introduced this thing at the end of this last year. That's how Peter and I really hooked up, because I said, hey, Peter, take a look at this. And uh, his response was, hey, this is simple. And when I showed it to other MLMs, people, they looked at it, and one of them said, which you'll see on the header right there, the simplicity is mind-boggling. Everybody who uses it says the same thing. It's simple. And it's only 20 bucks. and we're almost out of time, Bob. So for them Dang, to, we are. I know. For them to find this, if you go to the-radio.com, the-radio.com, and you go, look, you're going to be able to see it on the, I think it's a resources page that might eventually be called Shop, and then you'll see Bob Adams Tax Program. So make sure you buy that. And, Bob, i got to push if I could find our little exit thing before we run out of time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why we don't put this, like, somewhere where I can find it. But we're going to do, 
your tax thing one last time for you. So here we go. And thanks for being here on the show. We're going to call it a call. Always, Peter. It's always a joy, my friend. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's bit.ly forward slash d-a-s-h taxes.